All right, here we go. It is time for week 11 of the One Event Podcast. Miles, can you believe we are already at week 11? And I jumped the gun because I am introducing my partner, the man, the myth, the legend, the now first place legend, Miles V. How are you, Miles? Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. Uh, it's okay. You can jump the gun. I know you're excited to introduce me and all. And and no, when I was thinking about the season and being more than halfway through the season, we're we're there. This is like, this is where the teams start jockeying. This is where people start talking about next year's draft for uh, for Caleb. This is where the playoff teams start looking back and saying, boy, if only things would have been different earlier in the season, you know, I'd have a little bit of a cushion. Yeah, it sure is um, all of that. And for me, it was an absolute week to forget. It was a nightmare. Uh, I'm just going to jump right out there. I was winless. I took the silver sombrero for the week. And this was a real hard one. Uh, you know, whiffed on a couple things. I had one uh, uh, under bet that just crept over at the end. This was tough. You've now passed me. So you're up about $400 over me. We're both up on the year just a little bit. You're at about 10,500. You went two and one on the week, which we'll get into. But yeah, I lost my fantasy by half a point and left some points on the bench. USC lost. The Chargers lost on the last second field goal. This is just a football week. I plan on forgetting. I'm going to talk about it tonight. We're moving on uh, and we're looking ahead because it sucked. Look, it, it was a tough week all around. There's no question. I mean, when you look at who we thought were the really good teams, especially in the AFC, they ended up losing in about five or six teams. It came down to a field goal in the last you know plays of the game. So I'm talking about no one expected Cincinnati to lose. No one expected Baltimore to lose. No one expected Buffalo to lose. I mean, these are all good playoff caliber teams that managed to lose, and, and most of them were at the very, very end. Yeah, ironic that um, we would say after a statement like that, look how tight the NFL is, and look at all these games, uh, good teams, bad teams, but it comes down to these last-minute field goals. And now we look ahead towards this week, and there are some monster spreads. I don't think I've ever seen this many double-digit spreads, at least double-digit spreads that started the week. Some of them have come down now with fields coming in and right. Watson going out. But there's still like three or four games that are 9, 10, 11. I think the uh, the the Miami you know, Raider game is like 13, 13 and a half now. Uh, it's crazy. That one's crept up. Yeah, that one's crept up. Uh, you got San Francisco at 11 and a half. You got, you got Dallas at 10 and a half. Uh, like you said, Detroit was once 10, is now seven and a half. Yeah, when we looked at this week, I was like, wow, it's it's like the stars and the scrubs. You've got a couple of close ones and a couple of just and a bunch of blowouts. And I will tell you that I do not like any of these games. I know you're on one of them, which we're going to talk about, but all of these games scare me for one reason or the other. So I tried to go in a completely different direction. We'll see what happens, but you know, who who's who's going to cover out there? That's the question. Right. And I'll tell you this. I mean, I felt that way last week where I couldn't make heads or tails of how some of these matchups were, and it turns out, I mean, I was right. I, I would have probably picked Cincinnati. I probably would have picked Baltimore. 
I certainly would have picked um, Buffalo, and and all of those ended up being wrong. And so last week I went with all unders. You were you were giving me a lot of crap for taking unders, and you know it turned out to to work in my favor. But that's kind of what happens when I can't figure a side. It's let's look at some of the totals and and see if we can make money there. So fortunately. I did, and I don't know, maybe last week we were just too braggadocious about how well we were doing recently and how much we were up and how we, you know, we had some really great stats. I think you said we were up like 2500 bucks over the last month, and, uh, and yeah, then reality hits. Let, let's be clear. Reality hit me. You cashed again, so you were 2-1 and one and cashed at just under $1,300, so that's five straight weeks. Uh, in a row for you and starting to sense a pattern of what happened last year where Miles V went on a heater and cashed, I think, what did you cash? 10, 11, 12 weeks in a row last year? Yeah, last year was pretty unprecedented. But the good news is I think this year is shaping up similarly with respect to my overall record. I think uh, now I'm 18 and 12, which is two thirds. That's like a 66% hit rate, that's pretty darn good. So, But what's funny is that I don't feel like uh, the one of at Army is necessarily tailing my bets. I'm not seeing them <laughs> listening to me when they're posting theirs. Hey, Army, you're supposed to listen to us and bet accordingly. That doesn't seem to be happening. <laughs> well, you're supposed to listen to Miles and bet accordingly. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get into that when you recap your, uh, your week because I do have a funny story in that regard. Well, uh, we can jump into it. There's not a whole lot to recap. Uh, I... Uh, I shit the bed. No question about it. And you mentioned Cincinnati. I did have Cincinnati minus six and a half over Houston. Look, kudos to CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. They played well. They got out in front early in this game. Actually, Cincinnati scored first and Houston scores the next 20 points. You know, Joe Burrow was okay. He picked up his stats in the middle of the game, but then he throws two interceptions in the fourth quarter, one's in the end zone, uh, and they just couldn't, you know. Yeah. It was pretty clear to me early on that they were not going to overcome Houston. I'm surprised. They were coming off of a, you know, a four-game win streak. They'd really turned the corner. They needed this game. Uh, it's really hard to explain why you have such a sluggish offense at this point in the season. But, you know, they had a stretch in that game where they punted five five times in a row. So, yeah, that was 360 to win 300. Um, and then uh, on the game that I completely 100% whiffed on, uh, I had Jacksonville plus three at home over San Francisco, 330 to win 300. So this game was on in Los Angeles, and I turned it on probably 15 or 20, 20 minutes you know, into the game, 10.15 to 10.20, and literally the first words I hear from the announcer speaking are, well, this certainly isn't the San Francisco 49er team that's lost the last three games. And I was like, oh, shit. You goofed up, kid. And yeah, everything that I thought was going to happen in this game was completely wrong. Brock Purdy looked healthier and he looked better and he looked recovered from his concussions. The San Francisco defense, which had suddenly started to play like Swiss cheese, was a lot better. Uh, whether that's uh, you know having to do with Chase Young or not, not sure. But they shored up all of their problems. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, um, for Jacksonville, was really mediocre. They got popped. He threw two interceptions. You know, maybe uh, Debo Samuel is the secret because he was out the three games that San Francisco lost. He came back in this game and he did score a touchdown. 
It was a rule one, rule one, a disaster. It was a whiff from the word go 34 to three, but I will talk about this game coming up a little bit as well. Well, let me tell you my story about this game. Please tell me your story. My sister is coming to town for Thanksgiving and she called me up and she says, Hey Miles, I have a bone to pick with your podcast partner. And I'm like, really? What, what, what the heck did he do to you? And she's like, well, I was listening to your podcast and she and I are both in this weekly picks pool, the Dave Jeskow pool that he runs. Mm-hmm. And she said, I had San Francisco filled out in my picks and I listened to your podcast and your partner convinced <laughs> me to change my pick from San Francisco to Jacksonville. And I said, well, did she not? Yeah. What? Go ahead. Did she not? I was going to say, did she not listen to the disclaimer at the end of every podcast? I said, didn't you listen to my counter argument to what he had to say, which is when two good teams play against each other, I tend to go with the team that I think is better. And in this case, it was San Francisco. Why are you listening to David? You should have listened to me. And then she denied that I even said that on the podcast, which... You know, I want to throw one of those uh, red flags of those commercials with the auto insurance red flags. <laughs> we can go back and play the tape. We have it. It's out there. So Yeah, we should go pull that, cl- that clip and put it in this podcast. Well, we could do that too. Um, I will tell you of all the I will of all of the double digit games this week, the one I considered was betting San Francisco to cover against Tampa Bay at home. I think they're favored by 11. The 11 only and a half. thing that's 11 and a half. The only thing that stopped me was Tampa Bay had kind of a good win last week and, you know, they are feeling their oats a little bit. So I just thought that, you know, in general, those huge spreads, there's just too many points. There's so many points to give NFL teams. It just just makes me nervous. It makes me nervous, too. And and when we get to this week's picks, I'm, I'm actually taking one of the big spreads and I'm taking the favorite, giving the points. So that's mm. a little bit scary for me. Um, you know, you glossed over a little bit, um, you know, the Cincinnati game, and I didn't get a chance to kind of weigh in. I, You know, Jamar Chase played. I glossed over because it, it sucked, and I lost money, and the Bengals let me down. That's why I glossed over it. <coughs> well, I, Jamar Chase wasn't your problem. He was injured, but he played, and he actually, I think, had over 100 yards receiving. He had a touchdown, so that wasn't it. I think what was it is that it was they played Houston. And I told you a few podcasts ago, that's one of the teams I just can't get a feel for because I don't I don't know Houston. I don't know Tennessee. And so I don't even want to deal with them. So that was my reluctance last week is that they were playing Houston and I just can't get a Houston game right. So I think this year, you know, when I keep setting my rules, right about the time I set my rules is when I start to go on a streak. I think it was probably week five or week six where I said, I'm going to start, you know, uh, sizing my bets all the same so that I don't have such fluctuations and look what happens. So I might set another rule where I'm just never going to bet on or against Houston or Tennessee. You might be right. And it's not like I had a feel one way or the other on Houston. I thought I had a feeling on Cincinnati as a team that had really started to rise up and play well. And they had a team with a young quarterback coming into their field and playing you know, on the road. And that's what I was capitalizing and on. And that just did not come to fruition, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I think it was a surprise to a lot of people. And I think even some of our Wanna Bet podcast army uh, were on that game too. So, Yeah. So my final bet, um, I had the under 
in the uh, Arizona-Atlanta game. That was 42.5. And, and I have a little bit of a pop quiz for you, Miles. Oh, good. So I lost I lost that bet. It went over. How many passing yards did the Atlanta Falcons have in this game, Miles? I'll give you an A if you're within 10. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch that game, but if it went over, I would assume that they had a decent amount. And it wasn't Ritter at quarterback. So let's say 225. 94. What? Taylor Heineke had 55 yards passing, and Desmond Ritter had 39. I lost a game that I had bet the under to an over where one of the teams had 94 94 yards passing. Now, I had said Kyler Murray was coming off of an injury and was going to do fine. He was going to be a little bit rusty. I, I will say he played probably better than I was expecting. What I was not expecting in that game is Clayton Toon to have a one-yard rushing touchdown for Arizona, which happened. This was one of those games where the points just kept coming slowly in dribs and drabs. There were five field goals, so not a lot of like big scoring, uh, not a lot of touchdowns, but not a lot of defensive stops either. Um, you know, Arizona had come into that game, lost, losing six in a row. Uh, Atlanta was obviously sort of floundering. They were changing quarterbacks and I just thought it would be uh, a defensive battle. And it wasn't for some reason. And, you know, by the time the fourth quarter started, there were almost 40 points already. And I knew it was going to go, you know, over and it did. And that was just sort of the capper, uh, on my week. So that was my sombrero, unfortunately. And uh, one other thing, I said that the skill players for Arizona weren't anything to be scared about. I should have been scared about Trey McBride because he had about 175 yards receiving for the Cardinals. Never heard of the guy yeah. before this week, but he comes out and puts up some some big uh, some big numbers. And that was a bummer. Um, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's the tough part with with the unders is that uh, a few things happen, some uh, unexpected scoring happens, and all of a sudden you're you're winning. winning unders left and right. What are you telling me? The tough part of unders, <laughs> like, you, you you barely missed one of your three, and or you would have been perfect again. Well, the the game that I did miss sounds a lot similar to the one that you just did too. So anyway, I have vaulted down into second place for uh, our yearly competition. I have $10,172 in my bank after 10 weeks. Miles, how did you do? So I went with the triple under. I went under, under, and under, and uh, it wasn't so bad, actually. I'm sizing my bets. The The one that was 340 the one that was you know $10 more than the other, was the uh, Las Vegas Raiders-New York Jets Sunday night game. And if you've been paying attention, the primetime evening games have been coming in under like no one's expected. And this game was no different. The final score there was 16 to 12. If you recall, the over-under was at 36, which is the lowest I've ever taken an under. And I said, this one's going to go low, and it did. Um, let's face it, uh Although Antonio Pierce is 2-0 with the Raiders, he's finding ways to win ugly. Aiden O'Connell is not a very good quarterback. He didn't even play that well. He looks funny throwing the ball. The New York Jets are exactly what I thought they were. They've got a great defense. They pretty much kept the Raiders in check most of the time. It's just that their offense doesn't produce. And it's hard to see why that is because... Brees Hall is an excellent running back. When he gets his burst going, he is making first downs all around. 
Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson is a great wide receiver. When he gets the ball in space, you know, he he gets a ton of receptions and a ton of yards. The problem is Zach Sack Wilson. And in this case, the problem was the Jets getting penalties. They had, you know, eight penalties for 83 yards. And this game was just very clunky. Everything kept getting called back. And, uh, yeah, that one was somewhat obvious. And that one came in kind of without a sweat. Yeah, you sailed under that, uh, under the under, as it were. And it makes me laugh now because anytime you see a Jets game, they just have that permanent cutaway to Robert Sala on the sideline, just looking exasperated at Zach Wilson. You nailed it. Um, And look, spoiler alert, I'm against the Jets coming up next week because of Zach Wilson. He has a good arm, but he's wildly inconsistent. He's just not making the throws that NFL quarterbacks need to make, and he's not making the checkdowns, and he's not making the reads. And, you know, you talked about Brees Hall. Uh, Yeah, he's a good running back, but you know who led the Jets in in rushing last week? Zach Wilson. So they're not getting him the ball. They're not opening holes. Uh, they're not doing what they need to do, and they just don't have a quarterback who can score and, and drive the drive down the field and, and score points. They just don't. It was a bit surprising that when Aaron Rodgers went down that they decided to just go all in on Zach Wilson and not look around to try to find you know, other alternatives. I agree. I think we talked about, you know, did, you know Carson Wentz is now on the Rams, but does somebody pick up the phone and call a Carson Wentz? Totally agree. It's so unfortunate because I think it would have been so fantastic for Zach Wilson to be the backup all year to Aaron Rodgers. I think he would have learned so much more without the pressure crucible of being the starting guy. You know, and I think now this is just going to take him back a couple more steps. Well, Sally doubled down. He said he's he's still sticking with his guy, even as ugly as uh, as that game went and as ugly as he looked. Well, I'm banking on it for this week, I'll tell you. Well, that one came in. The one that didn't come in was the Green Bay Packers-Pittsburgh Steelers. And that game was at under 39, and that one came in at 42, uh, although it really was a tale of two halves. Uh, the first half was just scoring left and right. The first three possessions were scores. And it's bullshit, to tell you the truth. Uh, the very first possession was Pittsburgh had the ball. It was third and long, and uh, they overthrew the receiver, and there was a crappy pass interference call that kept kept them going, and they ended up scoring a touchdown. That right there is the difference in the game. But again, kind of like you, can you believe I had the under and the Kenny Pickett stat line was 14 of 23 for 126 yards? How is it that (laughs) Pittsburgh scored 23 points? He had no touchdowns, by the way, uh, throwing, and and he had 126 yards passing. Brutal. You know, what it was is their running game. Yeah. You know, they they were able to split carries between um, Najee Harris and then some guy I hadn't really even heard of before on their team. Uh, Was it Jalen Warren, is it? I I do have to say, though, like 30 points were scored at halftime. So you almost sweated your way to a win. Like, I would imagine that at halftime you're like, well, I'm going to lose. It's just a matter of when. And then, you know, the touchdowns in the first half turned into the field goals in the second half, and it was sort of creeping along and creeping along. And it finally got there, but it took a while. Right. I actually kind of wrote off the game. I was actually out with some friends, and it was like, okay, well, this one's over. And I think I texted you. I don't think I have a chance on this one. And really, uh, 
it got to 39, but it sat on the number for most of the second half. And it wasn't until like the last five minutes of the fourth quarter that it went over. But yeah, it just, I was surprised. I was surprised at the amount of scoring that, uh, that both teams produced. And uh, it was a loss. And by the way, we talked about this also last week, Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers smoke and mirrors. This is what it, you just quoted those stats on on Pickett and they're six and three on the year. They just find a way to win. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, look who didn't find a way. Look who found a way to win on, on Monday night. Denver Broncos upset the uh, the Buffalo Bills. So. I never again would have predicted that game, but I did predict the under. That under was set at 47, and this one slid right in at 46. Now, I don't know. If you recall... How many missed point, extra points occurred in this game? More than one? <laughs> there was one doink. There was a doink off the upright. Uh-huh. And then the best was, and there was a snap that was mishandled by the uh, by the punter, and he had to just eat the ball. So, yeah, I lucked out. There's no question that I lucked out. But what's funny is that the week before, I bet the Kansas City-Denver under, and Denver actually outright won that game too The under with the under coming in. So, yeah, it's just funny how that works. I've been hitting the unders, and in so doing, uh, Denver's actually winning when they started out the season really not looking very good. Yeah, Denver's found something with their defense the last couple of weeks. They're playing a lot better. Remember, this is the team that gave up 70 points to Miami, and they've certainly improved uh, over that, you know, six weeks or so ago. Um, and there's something wrong with Buffalo. No question about it. After that game, they fire their offensive coordinator. There's turmoil. We're going to talk about that coming up in a little bit. Uh, yeah, you just you just stayed right on that number, though. Good for you. So before we do go to next week, let's talk about the one of it army. Let's hear it. Yeah, we've had some really interesting picks. So Bill Kuklanis, uh came up with a new scheme. Instead of giving me names of players, uh, this time he went with actual airport codes so uh, i had to try to figure out which airport corresponds to which city he hates you he absolutely hates you yeah this was uh this took a little bit of digging but i i was able to manage i believe he had houston which was a major win for him and he had dallas so good for him he had he went two and one uh rj or or maybe he didn't we don't know yeah rj had the the colts uh, he had the Vikings, and then he had the Chargers, which tied. That was a push for him because he got in on that game at three, which I thought was amazing, and he actually posted his tickets. He had some big money on those ones, so good for RJ. That was a crazy game, that Charger game. Just hay- haymakers left and right. Yeah. Zvagdus, our good man Zvagdus, had the Vikings as a win. Uh, he had the Cowboys, and uh, I think he went 2-0-1 because he also uh, had a push in there too. So uh, good for Zvagdus. Siegel only had Minnesota. That came in. He was 1-2. Uh, Barron's had a decent week. He had the Vikings. He had the Colts. Uh, and then he also tied with the Chargers. That was a push for him. Our man Donnie must have really felt uh, sympathetic with you because he also had a golden sombrero, so you and Donnie can share that. Donnie, I love you, buddy. I really appreciate you sticking with me. Makes me feel better. And what would this podcast be without hearing about my cousin Nick and what he did this week? Stupid is, stupid does, sir. (laughs) 
I love that movie, My Cousin Nick. Tell, tell us about what, what My Cousin Nick did this week. Uh, Nick was a genius this week. He did manage to get his picks in Sunday morning, but his first pick was the Chicago Bears, who mm-hmm. happened to play on Thursday and win. So, again, he's uh, coming in with the after the fact. Uh, well, no wonder he's a genius. I could do that. His next pick was whoever is playing against Carolina, which was the Chicago Bears again, who already played on Thursday. <laughs> so, double down on teams that already played. And lastly, he had the Steelers, who actually did win. So, I'm beginning to think maybe he's got a formula for this week, which is going to be the Steelers, the Bears, and whoever Carolina's playing. But what, were they the 2023 Steelers, or were they a different Steelers iteration from days of yore? I don't know. What I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on this one. <laughs> well, Nick, uh, you know, thanks for playing. We love reading your uh, picks every week and trying to figure out what um, hallucinogenics you're on. Uh, but keep them coming. Yeah, Nick also will be in town for Thanksgiving, so I'll get a chance to hear from him as well. So that'll be fun. Well, that is the one about Army. So let's just, as I we've alluded to, after 10 weeks, we have a barn burner because Miles is now in first place with $10,575. I have $10,172. We are both up for the year. I am doing better than last year. You're doing better than last year. So let's, let's focus on the positive. And when we come back, we are going to return our attention to week 11, a new thousand dollars, a new series of bets, new insight, new information. Stay with us. We will be right back. Okay, we are back with the WannaBet podcast. David Schiff here with Miles V, now in first place, Miles V. And speaking of Miles V, he is going to lead us into week 11. As everybody knows, we put a new thousand dollars into our pocket. And we got to spend it all. It's burning a hole in there. We got to make at least three bets. Each bet has to be at least $100. Miles, what do you like for week 11? Who do you like? Well, I am sticking with the sizing and I'm keeping my bets all around the same. The $340 bet, which is $10 more than the rest, is going on the Dallas Cowboys minus 10.5 against Carolina. Now, I usually do not lay this amount of points. Uh, and last week, when Dallas played the Giants, they were laying like 17 points. And I thought, oh, my God, there's no way. And I, I took the Giants in my regular pick pool, and that was never even a game. that the, the Cowboys destroyed them. And what's funny is that's happened a couple times this year in big spread games. The Cowboys have destroyed the opponent. Now, there was a time where I think they were playing Arizona, and Arizona shocked the world and beat Dallas. Yeah. And I'm not expecting that this time out of Carolina. Carolina is coming off a really bad loss to the Bears. Uh, Carolina really doesn't have a whole lot to play for this year. Bryce Young just looks slight. He's, you know, doesn't look like he's a first round pick. And uh, I just don't feel like he has enough to surround him uh, that they're going to do very well. Chuba Hubbard is not a very effective uh, running back. And against the Cowboys, I think he's going to have a tough time. And Adam Thalen is his number one target. And, you know, Adam's getting up there and, uh, and just isn't as effective. So, I'm thinking that the Cowboys, who are looking pretty good and are continuing to to roll, 
uh, in some of these games are going to are gonna do the same. So I know 10.5 is a lot. Um, you know, Dak's been looking pretty great. Uh, CeeDee Lamb's been looking great. Um, I just see this as them getting really far ahead and Carolina not having the horses to, to make a comeback. Yeah, I think you're dead on with the Panthers analysis. And I have said this before, and I totally agree with you. Bryce Young looks like a JV quarterback wandered out onto the field and suddenly he's taking snaps in the varsity game. He just looks slight. Slight is a great word because Kyler Murray is short, but he's kind of thicker. He's got thicker legs. He doesn't look as fragile as, as Bryce Young does. There is one big thing about this game that makes me nervous for you, and that is the Cowboys' road record. They do not play great on the road. At least they haven't this year. Look, despite the 6-3 and three record, they opened up the season at the Giants. They won 40 to nothing. We know it was a debacle for the Giants. But since then, since then, they've lost at Arizona. They've lost at San Francisco. They did beat the Chargers 20 to 17, and they've lost at Philadelphia. So I know that Dak is playing better, and in particular, CeeDee Lamb is playing better. But boy, in a world where games just seem to be closer than they should sometimes, and going into a home field is just hard, and for some reason, Dallas doesn't have it in full gear. And Dallas, as you remember, was one of the teams that I called out uh, last week or two weeks ago uh, for teams with good records that hadn't beaten, you know, great opponents. Uh, look, you can argue that, Cal- you know, Carolina is not a good opponent and, and you're right. They're not, but that's a lot of points to, you know, be giving uh, a home team when the Cowboys are, are coming in and just don't have a great track record of, of road games. That's, that's, that's what I see. Yeah, I know it is. And it, it's against my, my rule one to be clear. Um, but, you know, the road losses, like you said, are against really good teams like the Niners and, and like the Eagles. I don't feel Carolina's in the same boat as either of them. And, you know, what's funny is that Carolina hadn't had a win all season, and I bet on Houston to beat them, and then Houston lost. And that kind of – so they got their first win, and that got me, you know, making a rule that I'm not taking Houston anymore because I don't know anything about them. I really hope that this isn't me betting against Carolina and then losing. So, uh, listen, this could be what Nick's talking about. Anyone who's playing Carolina, so I'm on the Nick bandwagon, and we're we're, we're laying ten and a half. It's not the victory I'm worried about; it's the number of points. So, we will see how it goes. I think in the first quarter or so, you're really going to have an indication of how Dallas is playing against Carolina. Um. All right. So. Look, I took a step back after my 0-3 week, and I you know, did a lot of soul-searching. I did some meditation on the beach. I did some Alaska or whatever that stuff that Aaron Rodgers does. <laughs> All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. And what I realized is that, A, I have not hit an overbet all year. I went uh, on an under bet and I lost that last week. So it just really threw me. Like I looked at all the numbers and the overs and, um, and, and overs and unders and nothing jumped out at me. And the one thing though that I have been able to do this year is identify teams primed for bounce back opportunities. That's been my saving grace all year. It's really propelled me. And that is informing my bets this week because there are two of them and there are teams that we've talked about. My first bet, is I am taking the Buffalo Bills minus seven at home over the Jets at minus 110, 330 to win 300. 
As we have discussed, Buffalo is a frustrated team. They have a new offensive coordinator after the Broncos loss. They have lost four out of six. They have not had their offense, you know, moving. Um, you know, the, one of the dirty little secrets about Josh Allen, and it's always been true, is he's a turnover machine. He's got interceptions in, you know, at least one in the last six games. So why am I taking them? Because I think they are going to be very, very pissed off at home playing a subpar team. So even though they're not rolling on all cylinders, all of the things that you said about Zach Wilson and how bad the offense of the Jets are going into Buffalo is going to come to bear. The Jets are not going to be able to score points. They do not have a good quarterback. They do not have a quarterback that inspires confidence. They don't have a quarterback who makes all the throws and can get the Garrett Wilsons of the world the ball. They haven't won in Buffalo in three years. So I actually looked at the under in this game. It was 39 and a half. But when you have a new uh, you know, offensive coordinator coming to an offense, as we've seen with Antonio Pierce on the Raiders, new coaches can revitalize things. So that made me a little bit nervous. Um, I also thought about buying the half point down to six and a half, but every time I've done that all year, it has not been a factor at all. And the VIG was minus 125. So I said, screw it. Um, Buffalo's at home. They're pissed. They need to play better. This is a win they need to have, and they're going to win by over seven points. I don't like your bet whatsoever, and I came very close to just going oppo on you and taking the Jets. You dick! Oh, I wish you would have. I wish you would have. Well, here's the thing. There's no bounce back. They have had several weeks in a row where they've looked flat. They haven't looked good since about the week four or week five of the season. Something has happened to this team where they're just not one of the powerhouse teams in the AFC. And maybe they win the game. It's very possible they win the game. But New York keeps things close. They've got a great defense, a better defense than uh, than the Denver Broncos that just ended up beating the beating the Bills. So I think when you have a really good defense like the Jets, it's hard to give that team seven points. That's just too many points to give. And yes, you know, Zach Wilson has his issues, but I did see glimmers. I watched a lot of that game thinking, you know, I'm going to lose my underbet. And, you know, Brees Hall looks really good. Garrett Wilson looks good. I think if Zach Wilson just gets a few of his, uh, you know, passes completed, I think that 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 they could stick around. So I I'm not I'm not with you on this one. Uh, look, I hear you, but this is the same Buffalo Bills team that in weeks two, three, and four scored 38, 37, and forty eight points. There is a good team in here. There are good players in here. They have had the track record over the last few years. They have a good coach in Sean McDermott. They have good skill players and you know Diggs and those guys. I think this is a, you know, this is an example of a time to get healthy and a time to, you know, beat up on a lesser opponent. And that's what I see happening. Diggs's brother was telling him basically to get off that train. Like he didn't, he, he tweeted or something saying, I think Trayvon Diggs said, you know, come on, man, get out of there. Um, so I, I feel like Stefan Diggs is a frustrated player right now. So we'll see. And, and I thought, you know, the new offensive coordinator is really just, smoke and mirrors you know he the 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 one that was fired was a scapegoat i don't know that it's him that was the problem but i actually think this is gonna be a great game and i'm looking forward to watching it i am too as long as buffalo wins (laughs) well uh (laughs) what do you got next i next 
I am taking another over-under situation, and this one is a little bit weird because it's a low number, so I'm going to go over. It's uh, it's the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, and the, and the total is at 33, and I'm going to say over 33. Now, here's the funny part is that Deshaun Watson is not playing, and P.J. Tucker is not going to be the backup. They are going with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, if you recall, was the quarterback last year at UCLA. So that, to me, is a little bit of a gamble. Pittsburgh and their, you know, Kenny Pickett 14 for 23 for 126 yards stat line doesn't give me a lot of confidence. But is he going to shit the bed twice in a row? I don't know. Um I do feel like, you know, their running game has gotten better. And this is a divisional game. And these are kind of two teams that don't like each other in the Cleveland-Pittsburgh world. And here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he's a running quarterback. He's a quarterback that can scramble. And he's also one that can make mistakes. So I'm not counting out a pick six. And I'm not counting out a rushing touchdown out of him. And with 33 points, I just need five touchdowns scored over the course of the game little more than one touchdown a quarter. It doesn't seem that hard to do. I didn't think it would have been done last week with Pittsburgh playing Green Bay, and they blew that out of the water. So 33, you know, it just kept creeping down. It was much higher, but since the the announcement of Deshaun Watson, I just think they've gone too low, and I'm going to try to take advantage of a bad line. Yeah, I think the good thing for you on this bet is how low the number is. 33 is a crazy low number. The question mark is, as you've said, you know, DTR, who we called out in preseason because he had some good games. He definitely flashed. Now you're playing the backups and guys who are going to get cut and all of that. So can he do it at a level? Uh, you know, he'll be playing at home. You got a bad offense in Pittsburgh playing a good defense in Cleveland. It's a divisional game. It's starting to get cold. Uh, the passing game gets shut down a little bit. I, I don't mind the bet, certainly on this number. I would have liked I would like to see DTR's performance for one week before I start betting overs and unders on Cleveland. Let's put it that way. This is somewhat of an impulse bet and it's based on the movement of the line. So I, I hear you. And but you know, both of these teams are six and three. I mean, they're both competing. So they're really gonna go out there and try to win. Whereas, you know, I have no idea what Carolina is gonna do. I, there's no there's really nothing left for them. Not only uh, can they get a bad, you know, a bad record? But I think they have to give their first pick away to the Bears, so they don't even get a consolation prize by second. Anyway, uh, yes, Cleveland defense is really good. Cleveland's offense under Deshaun Watson has been scoring a lot. Let's hope that they can continue to keep that up. Uh, I hear you. All right, so let's take a look at my second bet. And as I said. Where my bread and butter has been this year has been in bounce back opportunities. And I don't think I've ever done this before, but I am getting right back on the bandwagon of a team that I had last week that got cremated. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've been on them a lot this year. I just like them. And I think this is a prime opportunity for a ba bounce back game. They have Tennessee coming into Jacksonville uh, the bet is Jacksonville minus six and a half at minus 120. So it's 360 to win 300. Um, look, the San Francisco game just got away from Jacksonville early. They were forced to throw. Trevor Lawrence had a couple of interceptions. As we've said, the San Francisco defense was good. 
you know, this game was over by halftime. Let's not overreact. Tennessee is not a good team, and Will Levis is also not a good quarterback. They've got two straight losses that they're coming into. They just lost to Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. They've scored a total of 22 points in those last two games. They scored six points last week. Levis is barely throwing 50% completions rate in those two games. And what happens is when you have a bad quarterback like that, it just really shifts the game uh, in the defense's favor because now you don't have to worry about DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiving offensive weapon. You can really key on Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry hasn't been doing much because nobody's afraid of the quarterback. So I think that I'm going to throw out this game from Jacksonville. They've had a good defense all year. They have good skill players. They're playing at home. They're going to be embarrassed. Uh, and at six and a half points, I think that, uh, I, I like this bet, and I think they're going to cover. I like Jacksonville generally also. This, again, though, where I would stay away is that they're playing Tennessee, and I just can't get a feel on Tennessee all year. I don't know much about them. I, I don't feel as strongly as you do about Will Levis. I think he's actually a good quarterback. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. He hasn't been good. He has not been good the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. His first game, I thought he was, and I do think he's shown, uh, at least in the past, that he that he has talent. But um, I don't have a lot to say other than you know it's my, my Tennessee rule. I just can't do it. Yeah, and I agree with you that as a long term solution for the Tennessee Titans, he might be the guy. But let's be honest, they've won, they've lost four out of five. There's only a victory over the Falcons in that. They're scuffling. They're not playing well. And they're going into a tough place to play. It's a divisional game. Jacksonville's embarrassed. Uh, and I think they turn it around this week. I definitely like the skill players more on Jacksonville. So I hope you're right. And uh, I hope that uh, the six and a half just isn't too many points. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're going to be saying that about a lot of our bets this week. Yeah. Well, not on my third bet, or maybe we will on my third bet, but I'm actually taking points here. I'm taking what is perceived to be the underdog, and that is the Minnesota Vikings are getting two and a half points playing at Denver. So I've been watching Denver, and I've been betting the unders on Denver, and I thought about betting the under on this one too. But here's the thing. Denver had an amazing win against Kansas City and an amazing win against Buffalo. I don't think that's going to continue. It can't keep up. They don't have the talent for it to do so. On the other hand, Josh Dobbs has had two pretty amazing wins for the Minnesota Vikings. First win, he came in mid-game, not even knowing his teammates' names, not knowing the playbook. He managed to win. Last week uh, against the Saints, uh, it's probably the best he's looked all year. You know, gave him some time with the playbook and give him the ability to kind of, you know, gel with his guys. And he looks like he is a starter and a professional. And I do like his complement of players in Hawkinson and Addison. And I don't think we're getting Jefferson back, but uh, Chandler has now taken over at running back and he seems to be doing better than Madison. So, I'm going to say, you know, much like uh, the Raiders have been rolling with Antonio Pierce, I think that the Vikings are going to be rolling with Joshua Dobbs. They're getting points. I think that Denver are pretenders. You know, we've been talking about whether Russell Wilson's career is over, and he seems to have temporarily revived it with some of these last games, but it can't keep up at that pace. 
I think Minnesota is a playoff team. I don't think Denver is a playoff team. So give me the points and give me Minnesota, and I'm taking it. Yeah, Josh Dobbs is one of the great stories in the NFL this year. How great to sort of get traded and come in and win a couple of games. For me, the real wild card is the Denver defense because they have, I talked about this before, they have really turned it around from the beginning of the year and they have shut down some good offenses and they're playing with a lot of confidence. So for a team that's only had a quarterback for a couple of weeks to come into Denver, which historically can be a very, very tough place to play, uh, I still feel like for me, I don't have enough handle on the, you know, the Josh Dobbs led Minnesota Vikings to really handicap this bet. Going back to Russell Wilson, yeah, he is turning these games into wins, but don't you think there's just something off about him? Like even throwing the ball, you know, 90% of his throws are just checkdowns in the flat. He's not throwing the ball deep, you know, nowhere near the amount or the, you know, accuracy and efficiency that he used to. I just wonder if, and we've talked about it before, is he done? But like, it's almost like there's an injury in there that that they're not talking about because his motion looks a little off. The flight of his ball looks different. There's just something different about him. And maybe they're just figuring out a way to, to call plays around him and the defense has stepped up. But he doesn't look like his, his former self. And I don't think it's just age. Uh, but I just don't know how well Minnesota is going to be able to score going into Denver and playing the Denver defense that has, you know, been on the field the last two weeks. Yeah. You know, with Russell Wilson, he actually last week anyway, uh, you know, kind of added back the component of him scrambling and rushing for yards. And he did pretty well doing that. Um, I don't know that he's going to have that same kind of pressure on him by the Minnesota defense, but, uh, and then you're right, Mile High is a tough place to play, but uh, you know we'll probably see some 55-plus yard field goal attempts because uh, that always seems to be the trend. That's true. Again, uh, I'm getting points, uh, so uh, you know one of the few times I feel like I'm taking points, and I'm, I'm hoping it's going to work out. I actually think Minnesota could win outright. Oh yeah, no no question about it. Look. Uh, they're riding, they're riding Josh Dobbs and he he is, uh, you know, he's got a lot of momentum and he's playing well and it's really been fun to watch. So those are your three bets and I have one more bet and Monday night football, baby, the game of the week. I just wanted to be on this game. It is a rematch of Super Bowl 57. The Philadelphia Eagles are coming into Kansas city and I am taking the Kansas City Chiefs, minus two and a half. I have $310 left. Uh, the VIG on this is minus 115, so that's 310 to win 269. Mama Kelsey is putting on her split jersey again. We got the tush push. Maybe uh, Taylor Swift will be there. I cannot wait for this game. And here's the thing. As we know, Kansas City won last year's Super Bowl 38 to 35, and I think that's an omen because... That, that wins my bet right there, and I think this game is going to be right on that number. This is going to be a tough, tough game. You have the one seed in the AFC and the one seed in the NFC. And a couple weeks ago, I called out you know, Kansas City and, and a home field advantage that they didn't have when they were playing Miami because the game was in uh, Germany. Yeah, I think the game was in Germany. This time, the Arrowhead home field advantage is going to be in full force and it is real. Uh, I think I looked it up and Kansas city is like 20 and five in arrowhead uh, over the last three years. You know, Kansas city is six and three against the spread. They've been, you know, 
not playing with their usual offensive efficiency, but I think quietly in there, their defense has been playing better than expected. This is going to be a tough game, though, because really you have the two most balanced teams in, in football. They're both coming off of their bye week, so they're both going to be healthy. Um, I think it's going to come down to Kansas City stopping A.J. Brown uh, versus Philadelphia trying to stop Travis Kelsey. Uh, but in the end, I'll take that three-point home advantage with Arrowhead. I think that's the difference. Uh, Kansas City at minus two and a half. I think they're going to come out on top. And until some of these teams start beating Kansas City in Arrowhead, I'm going to keep betting Kansas City. Um, I don't like this bet either. You dick. Uh, to be honest, I, I, I like... Miles, I'm sensing a theme in your reaction to my bets. I can't no. quite put my finger on it. <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia has one loss this year. They're a really great team. I find it hard to want to bet against them. And yes, Kansas City is playing at home. And yes, Kansas City is a former Super Bowl champion. And yes, it was Philadelphia that they beat. But I don't know. I uh, I, I don't want to bet against Philadelphia. I'm just not ready to do that now. Maybe later on in the season when they've already clinched and they've got nothing to play for. But uh, they could very well win this game outright. And it wouldn't surprise me. And Kansas City hasn't been playing to their potential. I've been on them a lot this year. So, um, you know, there are times where they've lost when I didn't think they should. And there's certainly times where they've scored a lot less than I thought they would. So uh, hopefully the uh, the time off has helped them. I know uh, it enabled Travis Kelsey to make a, a trip to Europe. But uh yeah, this one, it's funny. I, I almost took Philadelphia here, too. You and I are just not seeing eye to eye this week. You know, Kansas City's only lost two games. As I said, their defense has been quietly good. They only gave up 14 points to Miami. Philadelphia hasn't, you know, beat them head-to-head yet. So I think it's going to be a grind. I think it's going to go. And I have said this about Philadelphia. They play all four quarters. They, you know, don't let up on teams. They keep going. They keep scoring. And a lot of times where you thought it's going to be a closer game, they've really stretched it out by the end. But look, I think it's two evenly matched teams. And basically it's the home home field that I'm betting on. And, you know, all the Arrowhead fans being the 12th man and just coming in and being a tough place to play. And, you know, Hertz did have a knee injury a couple of weeks ago and and he's had time to heal. They're coming off of a bye. Um, But. I like Kansas City in this situation. I like Kansas City at home a lot. No, and it's a primetime Monday night game. You probably should be looking at the under here, no matter what the number is, because the unders in the prime times are hitting at like a 70% clip. Uh, and unders for like the last two years in the prime time is something sick. So I don't know if that why that trend is happening. With teams like Kansas City and Philadelphia, you think they'll put a stop to that, but... Listen, you're at least betting the games that I think are the most interesting to watch. So uh, between Buffalo, New York, and Kansas City and and Philadelphia, you're going to have a good time watching. No question. And by the way, I'd picked out my first two games and I was looking for a third, and it really did come down to that's a game I just wanted to be on. I didn't want to be on on any of these huge spread games. Um, You know, I think San Francisco will cover at home. Uh, I actually... I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders cover in Miami just because they're riding this Antonio Pierce uh, momentum and 13 and a half points is a lot. So I think Miami will win that game, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders uh, cover that. But yeah, I really wanted to be on this game. I'm going to be parked 
in front of my TV on Monday night, like the rest of the country, it's going to be a great game. Uh, it's going to be a tight game. This is a game, uh, you know, will not be surprised at all if it's a last second field goal. That's that's how this game is shaping up. Well, that wraps up our week. Uh, I definitely want to hear what the Winnipeg Army has to think about our bets and their bets. And I want to see what they have to say. That Army is looking strong. Everyone played last week. So if you go to Twitter or X and uh, and place your picks, you too can join the one about army and uh, you can view what everyone else is doing and what everyone's up to and, and see how it, how it goes. It's all very transparent. Uh, we're not hiding anything here. I want to bet uh, this year I'm 18 and 12 in my picks. I'm hoping to continue that tradition on. And if I can go two consecutive years over 60%, Maybe I'll find the Army's actually backing me. Who knows? You will quit your day job and you will turn pro, right? That's in the fine print of our contract agreement? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We got to get our name out there more. I want uh, more listeners. I want more Army. I want, I want, I want. I'm like uh, I'm like Veruca Salt in, uh, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> daddy i want it now i love it i also want more and one little note next week we are going to be recording tuesday so we'll be dropping wednesday and we will be betting the thanksgiving game so set your uh, podcast dials to listen to us next wednesday so we can get in on all of the thanksgiving fun yeah good time this year that's gonna do it for us on another week of the one event podcast miles you want to recap your bets you want to get out of here what do you want to do I want to get out of here, to be honest. I'll, uh, I'll, why don't you post what we got on Twitter? And in the meantime, I'll just continue to love your body, Larry. Miles loves your body. I love your body. Peace out, everybody. Have a great week. Go Chiefs. Welcome to Tuning In To Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In To Sound Wellbeing today. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.